Ah, Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We're just coming back from the Feast of Passover. You're coming back from the Feast of Passover. And now we're on the count to Shavuot. Be blessed. Greet one another in the chat. Give us some thumbs up. And um, let's get the subscription up to 30,000 here on the ministry. And bless one another. I think we're actually live on Facebook too. So we figured that out. What a blessing. What a blessing. That's the camera I'm supposed to be looking at, they tell me. This is a special Torah portion for me and my wife. Why? Because this is Torah portion Tazria. It comes to you from Leviticus, Vaikra, chapter 12, verse 1, and it extends through chapter 13 and verse 59. 16 years ago, my back or my firstborn boy, Moshe. This is his birth portion. What a birth portion it is. So, very special to me. This is my Bakor, my firstborn, Moshe's birth portion. The half Tara that is phenomenal with this section of scripture comes to you from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 42, and extends through to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 19. Naaman the leper, leprosy, discharge, blood, all of that good stuff in this week's Torah portion. It could go crazy. I could get into all kinds of things. I could embarrass the female audience, the male audience. I could get into all kinds of gender politics. Are you, who knows where I'm going to go with this one today? Bunch of lepers. Good night. Let's start off with the, the 12th chapter. That would be a good place to start. In the book of Vaikra Leviticus. Leviticus. I can get into men wearing women's clothing, women wearing men's clothing. I can get into it all and offend a bunch of people that shouldn't be on this channel anyway. Then Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be tamay unclean seven days. The King Jimmy translation of the Hebrew word tamay causes all kinds of problems with how to interpret tamay. Tamei doesn't mean unclean, just as tahor doesn't mean oh, nice and shiny and clean. Two Hebrew words we'll look into, tamei, translated or poorly translated as unclean, and tahor, poorly translated as clean. We're talking about ritual purity and we'll discover more about that. But let me continue. As it is says, she shall be tamay seven day as in the days of her customary impurity, she shall be tamay. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. She shall then continue in the blood of her purification 33 days. She shall not touch any hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification are fulfilled. 
But if she bears a female child, then she shall be to made two weeks, as in her customary impurity, and she shall continue in the blood of her purification sixty-six days. When the days of her purification are fulfilled, whether for a son or a daughter, she shall bring to the priest a lamb of the first year as a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove as a sin offering to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then he shall offer it before Yahweh and make a keporah, an atonement for her, and she shall be tahor, clean, from the flow of her blood, This is the Torah, the law for her who is born a male or female. And this is how our portion begins. Do we still keep these laws today? Yes, we do. We don't offer the sacrifices that are associated with them. But if you give birth to a male child, then for... The 33 days plus the 7 for 40 days, you are to remain separated from intimate relationships with your husband. And the ladies are like, thank goodness for that. You get to be left alone for over a month. On the 41st day after mikvah, ritual immersion, of course, then the intimacy, according to Hebrews, the marriage bed is undefiled can continue. Now, if it's a female that is given birth, a a baby girl is born, then it's double. It's double the time. It's 80 days of separation, and then on the 81st day, there can be the reunification. This is just healthy family relationships, and it's healthy family planning. So this has been, of course, perverted by the culture and perverted, of course, for centuries because of misunderstandings and mistranslations. So we're going to break down some things today. We're going to talk about leprosy. We're going to get into what really this whole portion is about. The conception, conceiving seed, conception, and, of course, the birth of sin. Because leprosy is akin to sin. So, we'll start off with the topic of chatah, the Hebrew word sin, and tazarat, the Hebrew word for leprosy. Okay? Now, there's a huge messianic implications in this Torah Parsha, because it really talks about the incurables. Those incurables that had no hope in this life and were outcasts and separated. But we see in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, that hope is restored and the so-called incurables were able to be brought and fully healed. And many of you, myself included, at some point in our life, we thought that we were incurable, did we not? Oh my goodness, how can I ever come into the presence of the living Elohim, look at my hands stained with blood, my eyes polluted, my hearing polluted, my tongue polluted, and you feel no hope. But when you get the gospel message, the Besorah, you realize that you are not incurable, that there is a way, the truth and the life in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach. So this is, of course, one of the most messianic parshas because we're dealing with 
tazarat, leprosy, and leprosy is the origin of all disease. Now, we live in a culture where it's all about viruses and it's all about putting the fear of mystery Babylon in you and covering your lip, covering your lip, because the world wants you to feel like a bunch of lepers. That's the reality of it. When in reality, if you're outside of the faith, you're the lepers. But we have been cleansed. So don't come at me with your leprosy rules, mandates, and guidelines there for you. I've been cleansed. I'm not a leper. But you who deny the faith, you most probably should cover your lip because you're a bunch of lepers. Let's have a reality check here, okay? Who really is the leper in the story and accounts of Scripture? Those that haven't come to the Master, okay? If you've come to the Master, you are cleansed. Leprosy is the origin of all disease. And it's the only disease in Scripture that has lords pertaining to its manifestation and its cure. Think about that. It's the only disease in Scripture that has laws pertaining to its manifestation and its cure. Well, why, you might ask? Because the majority of Jewish literature reviews tazarat, the Hebrew word for leprosy, as a punishment for sin. First a person is stricken down, and then he is afflicted and smitten in the soul, then afflicted and smitten in the mind, and then finally afflicted and smitten in the body. Well, didn't the half-brother of Yahushua speak of such a thing? Well, it is written in James, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. This is chapter 1, verse 14. And is taken away. And then when desire is tazria, conceived, it births sin, and sin, when it is spread, brings forth death. Meaning, leprosy unchecked will bring forth death, because ultimately it's the origin of all disease, and according to the sages, represents sin. You can see the growth of this conceived sin, Tazria. There's temptation, there's desire, there's conception, the birth of sin, and then the spreading of its fruit to the body that brings forth death. Does that make sense? In fact, we just recently um, watched a movie um, called The Kingdom of Heaven. I'm not recommending it or anything, but um, I did watch it. And it but in that movie, it, it talks about the Crusades. The topic is the Crusades. And in that movie, it depicts um, an historical account of King Baldwin 
the fourth of Jerusalem. And he's portrayed in that movie. But the reality of it was that he was so tempted by the lure of the Templar's treasure and his desire for the rulership over Jerusalem that it eventually conceived, there's our Hebrew Torah portion title, Tazria, it conceived and birthed sin that spread from his head to his toe in the form of leprosy. And he was the leper king in Jerusalem during the time of the Crusades, and he died in 1185 at the height of the Crusades from leprosy. And historical commentators would say that this man was absolutely power-hungry for that rulership, and it brought forth so much sin in his life. And leprosy, of course, is the origin of all disease, because Tazarat which is biblical, biblical um, leprosy, which is different than what you know your modern medical journal would say, oh, we're talking about Hansen's disease. No, we're not. We're talking about biblical leprosy. It's totally different than what they've turned it in today because it is sin that is manifest in a person's life. Think about this. Think about the world and where we've been for the past two years and what, every, what Mystery Babylon is trying to convince you in your brain called social programming that you're a bunch of lepers, that you should cover the lip, cover the lip, and that you should go, go around and quarantine yourself and exile yourself from faith community, family and friends and isolate yourself. Why? Why? Ah, oh, it's called social programming because there is a concept in Scripture for those that are truly outside of the faith that are going to go to destruction. They are the lepers, and they need to convince the world that they are teme, unclean. Fear. The leper, like the sinner, is quarantined isolated, put away from the presence of Yahuwah when in a Tameh, unclean state. If Yahushua is going to return, in which I believe he is, and every eye we shall look up and see the glory of his coming, then part of the social programming is isolate everybody from each other so there's no communication, break people down in spirit, mind, and bodies that they believe that they carry disease and are a bunch of lepers, quarantine them, and then tell them there's something really dangerous coming in the sky and don't look up. Don't look up. Don't look up. Because really what's coming is Yahusha. So they're training everybody to do this quarantine camp. Leprosy and sin. Are you Tahor, clean, or Tameh before Yahuwah? Because as we can see with leprosy, how it builds, I'll explain. If sin is deeper than the skin, you're put away. Tame, leprosy. If leprosy begins on the surface, 
But once it becomes deeper in the skin, then you're in a tame state, put away. If sin spreads in your body or within the body, then that puts you in a tame state. If your flesh, if your carnality, think about it, is raw, then what does that put you in? A tame state. This whole world is all about the carnality, the lusts of the flesh. If you live in a raw, carnal state and you react to the flesh constantly, then are you holy or unholy? You're tame in an unclean state. We're to put down the lusts of the flesh. We're not to react in the flesh. We're to be creatures that are spiritual. Now, if sin is light, but spreading... Oh, well, it's not really a really bad... That person's a way worse sinner than me. Do you know what they do? Ah, but if your sin is light, but it's spreading, then you're still to may. And that's how so many are deceived. Oh, well, I'm not like this guy next to me. Yes, maybe it's not as big in magnitude to the eyes, but you don't even... You're not even checking it. So therefore, it's spreading to may. If sin is really dark, but not deep in your flesh and not spreading, now think about that, then are you tamay or tahor? Are you unclean or clean? What are you? Clean! Tahor! Well, there's a shocker, see, because that goes against the religious ideals and the way the world judges men. If sin is really dark but not deep in your flesh and not spreading, you are tahor. What does that mean? That Well, I'll give you my life, for example. When I was growing up, when I, came, when I was in my teenage years and I came over to America, then what? Sin was really dark. I was doing wickedness. Many of you can relate. I mean, just outright, I was walking hand in hand with the devil. So, my sin was really dark. Because of my youth, it wasn't deep in my flesh. Therefore, I was able to have my heart touched by the Messiah, which then stopped it from spreading, and I am now Tahor, because of the work of Messiah, because he touched my leprous heart. This is all in the laws of leprosy. So if you overcome sin, if sin begins to fade in your life, you are tahor, clean. And that is what we are to constantly try and dig into, is to find the sin in our life, to overcome the sin in our life, then not to engage in it so that it gradually fades so that we can be holy. And that doesn't mean we don't struggle with sin. We do. But we are to identify it. We are to try and overcome it. And once we do, it will begin to dissipate and you will get the victory. And that's why so many of you have been delivered from drugs, alcohol, sexual um, abuse or sexual immorality, whatever it may be, liars, whoremongers, thieves, because Yahushua can change that. 
But we have to partner with his redemptive work. We can't just sit on the sidelines. We have to engage in the battle to overcome sin so that it can begin to fade away in the distance past in our life. Yes, it may raise its ugly head once in a while and you will be convicted and then you will put it away and it will fade. And it is a constant battle, but the victory has been given to us as tahor set apart in Yahuwah. Now, if you are raw in the flesh, if you are raw in the flesh with leprosy, carnality is overcome and your whole body is overcome, then what happens? Well, here's something amazing with leprosy. If your flesh is raw with leprosy, but you can overcome sin, you can overcome carnality, then the whole body of the leper would become white and he would actually be clean, tahor. So, so many times people don't understand that. In the redemptive work of the whole way leprosy is cleansed, you see how sin and healing happens. The church doesn't understand this. Because there can be somebody that was raw in sin, that through Messiah overcame sin, and they're as white as snow, but religious people will still judge. Oh, my goodness. I, did you know this guy 20 years ago? Oh, did you know what he did last? Yes, but he's now being cleansed of that, and we are forgiven. And then if we live in that overcoming of the carnality, our whole life should become white, and that is cleansing of the leper. So this Torah Pasha is very appropriate around the time of Passover because it's about removing chametz, leaven, from our houses, our body temple. Does that make sense? That's how I read it anyway. Now, some of the consequences, of course, of being a leper is that you have to hide your face. You have to cover the lip. You become disfigured and distorted. People try to cover it up. You're unfit for the presence of Yahuwah. And you're isolated from community, isolated from family, isolated from friends. This is what the culture is trying to do to people to break them down. Social programming to break people down so that they feel isolated from community, isolated from family, isolated from friends, and an island of leprosy unto themselves, ready for the next programming from Mystery Babylon. But you can't compel me to cover my face, because my sincere religious convictions reserve that for lepers. That's reserved for lepers, and I'm not a leper. You heathen are lepers, so it is appropriate for the heathen to go along with those mandates, to be compelled to be isolated from community, to be compelled to be isolated from family, to be compelled to be isolated from friends, and to be compelled to cover their lip. They're lepers. They're heathens. It's totally their mandates and their laws. But as for me, 
My sincere religious convictions reserve that behavior for lepers. And I'm not a leper because I've come into the presence of the master and been touched. So I cannot be compelled to perform as a leper. And I will not be compelled to perform as a leper. That's for you heathens. And of course, most of my audience are blessed, blessed brethren and sisters that have been healed by the blood of the Lamb. But the three that used to put the thumbs down, well, I'm wondering if you're lepers. Because there's always spies, right? Trying to find out what the community of faith is up to. There are always those wolves in sheep's clothing around the outer edges. Beware, we are to be wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. My remedy to all of this nonsense in the world is faith, conviction, and creed. And I am compelled to perform according to the word of Yahuwah. I am not compelled to perform to Mystery Babylon. It is not for me. And I do not perform for that. And that has been absolutely such a blessing these past two years in my life because I have learned to live it, walk it, and do it. And it's been amazing because I see it. And I, like I've said so many times, it's all compelled performance. We have to define with leprosy what sin is because this is something that so many get confused about, especially when it comes to the church. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, we get how we define sin. Not me, but how Yahweh defines sin through the scripture. Anyone who commits sin violates Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. There's your definition. Now, Let's define what zadachah, righteousness, is. We'd go to Isaiah 51, verse 7. Listen to me, you that know zadachah, righteousness, the people in whose heart is my Torah. Well, think about that. If your heart is inclined to the Torah then you'll follow his teaching and instruction that will keep you from falling off of the precipice into sin, which is defined as absence of keeping the commandments of Torah. You see how this builds? And in fact, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 17, it is written, Further, all unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin that is not unto death. We know that whoever is born of Yahuwah sins not. But he that is begotten of Yahuwah guards himself, and the wicked one touches him not. We're not lepers. We shouldn't behave as lepers. And we shouldn't live like Mystery Babylon as a bunch of lepers. We're supposed to be a light unto the nations. 
don't be compelled to cover yourself because that is what the heathen is supposed to be compelled to do. And of course, they will capitulate to tyranny because they always have done for centuries, for millennia. That's what heathen do. They capitulate to tyranny. But we don't. Now, think about this. The following two statements, using the dictionary of Scripture, are identical. Now, pay attention. Don't switch off on this, because this, some of these big concepts that are so simple, they'll just <coughs> blow your mind. Okay, so these two statements are identical, and I'm going to use Scripture as the dictionary to define them. Number one, Yahushua died... So now I'm free from the law because he paid the price for my sin. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Has any, I mean, I, I heard that almost every Sunday for years. Yahushua died. Well, they would have said Jesus. Jesus died. So now I'm free from the law because he paid the price for my sin. And tomorrow's Easter. It sounds reasonable, though, doesn't it? It really does. It sounds like something I would have said 20 years ago. Now, here's the second statement. Yahushua died, so now I am free to sin because he paid the price for my sin. What? But using the dictionary of Scripture, these are identical statements. But people aren't thinking. They'll accept the first statement totally. Well, Jesus died, so now I'm free from the law because he paid the price for my sin. I mean, it sounds very reasonable. It's preached from the pulpits every single Sunday. And everybody's like, oh, yes, 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 I'll drink that down. But hang on, let me just rephrase that using Scripture as the dictionary. Yahushua died, so now I'm free to sin because he paid the price for my sin. Oh, but you won't accept. Well, that's the reality of what you're drinking. It's called religious Kool-Aid. Because people aren't reading the word. Thank you. You put a light on above which camera to look at. Think about it, though. How many times did we not use the Scripture as the dictionary for the Scripture? Because when we do, we are released from leprosy. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse... Ooh, where, what verse is it? I believe it's 44. Is it verse 40? No, it's not. Let me find it. 2 Kings, Melachim Bet. 2 Kings... Chapter 5, isn't it? Yes, chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Assyria. Okay, that's what we're going to look into. Put a finger there. 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, this is the corresponding half Tara to this week's Torah portion. I want to spend a little bit of time in there because this is the clearest picture to us. Because who is us? Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Us is the 12 tribes scattered abroad. And 
how do we get ingathered? We get healed from our sin and leprosy by the one who takes on our sin, our leprosy, the leper Messiah, Isaiah 54. He would be afflicted, marred, bruised, and take upon our leprosy and the transference of our leprosy unto him brings forth our cleansing. So think about this. A man, could have been me, could have been you, who was estranged from Yahuwah, an enemy, if you will, Naaman, a Syrian, he goes west in our narrative we're about to dive into. He goes west to Samaria, which is the mountains of Ephraim. Where are we? We're in the west. We are Ephraim, the ten northern tribes scattered abroad. And there are the remnant of the regal Negro house of Judah. We've done teachings on that. So Ephraim and Judah are coming together. We're not talking Ashkenazi here. We're not talking Japhethites. We're talking about the real multi-ethnic Israel coming together. Ephraim and Judah coming together, but they're in the West because they've embraced the healing. Okay? Now think about this. Naaman has to then shuv, that's the Hebrew word for turn and repent, and change direction and head east to come back to Yahuwah and receive healing. So we're all exiled in the West, right? You think you're African-Americans. You think you're an English Viking. You think you're a Spaniard. And then all of a sudden, you get into the Word because you've been touched by the Messiah, and you wake up to your true identity as a Hebrew Israelite. And then what are you starting to do? You start to shuv, repent, turn, and you start to face Jerusalem. You start thinking about the feasts. You start thinking about the Sabbath. This is exactly the process of healing that we see with somebody who was scattered in the nations, Naaman the leper, and he began a process of repentance and turning eastward from his westward migration. I hope you're getting what I'm laying down here. Some of you are like, what the heck is he talking about? I'm talking about the 12 tribes scattered abroad, westward migration, getting healed because we're all a bunch of sinners and lepers. And when we do, we start to look eastward, back to the things of Yahuwah that are in the east, in Jerusalem. You are the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Start keeping Shabbat, start keeping the Torah and look eastward because the westward cliff is mystery battle. Babylon. And they're programming people to believe they're a bunch of lepers and they're falling for it hook, line and sinker and they're going to go off the blooming abyss. Let's head back east to the things of Yahuwah, the simple ways, the simple ways of scripture. Makes sense to me, doesn't it? Of course it makes sense to me. I'm teaching for crying out loud. Torah is all about the corporate body Israel that's made up of the tribes, but functions as a whole. The New Testament is all about the individual, because we're dealing with a scattered and broken body out of covenant that needs to head back east. 
When you're in the church, it's all about my personal Jesus. It's all about the individual. That's because you're broken and you're scattered, isolated in the nations, and you've been broadcast papal Rome's BS for 2,000 years. But when you come back to Yahweh and you start to face east, you become not an individual. You think of yourself as part of the corporate body, that you are part of the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. And we come back together to the Sabbaths together, to the feasts and the festivals together, because ultimately we are a corporate body. Gets rid of the individual. Because the individual is a quarantined, isolated leper. A man who isolates himself seeks his own, the scripture says. How many of you have known people in the faith, especially when we were in the messianic movement, that just isolated themselves? Because why? Because they sought their own. We're supposed to come into the community of faith. It's healthy for us. It's healthy for us. The New Testament only individual is all about being an individual because the body of the New Testament only saint is still under that Roman papal broken scattered body out of covenant but in reality we need to repent from our leprosy and return eastward seek our eyes upon Jerusalem the problem that we find is people who remain New Testament only will always function as individuals trying to bring Yahweh into their westward mindset, which is why they're going to celebrate Easter tomorrow. They're trying to bring Yahweh and the Passover and scrap everything that is Hebraic and bring the faith into their West. That's not how we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to leave the West and travel East back to Jerusalem and the things of Yahweh. It's a total mind change because that's freedom. We are to go eastward. The problem we find when we remain New Testament only will always function as individuals trying to bring Yahweh out into the West, to their tree or tent, rather than seeing that prophecies reveal that we're to return to Yahweh's tent, that wilderness tent. We're wild branches that need to graft back into that covenant tree. That's the deal that Yahweh has. Not the covenant tree graft into us. No, we're to graft into the covenant tree. We're no longer to live as individuals, but as the commonwealth of Israel, Galatians chapter 5. Naaman's sin in this week's half Tara and successive healing, I believe, is a picture of that. So with that long-winded introduction... Let's go to Second um, Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the armies of the king of Syria, or Assyria, Aram. Now here's a mystery here. It's going to have something to do with Assyria. Where did the ten northern tribes, where, who came and, and took them captive into the nations and took them westward? The Assyrians, okay. 
He was a great man with his master and honorable because through him Yahweh had given deliverance to Amram. He was also a mighty man and brave, but he was a leper. And the Syrians, the Assyrians, had gone out on raids and had taken away captive from the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Now, this kind of reminds me of Joseph. Think about it. An Israelite forced into slavery in a foreign land. And like Joseph, she offers insight to those she's around and serves the wife of a man who serves under the king, just like Joseph. Despite being cut off from her people, her faith remains unshaken, and she has confidence in Yahuwah and Elisha's power to heal. And she said to her mistress, mistress, I desire before Elohim that my master was with the prophet that is in Shamron. Now, the Hebrew word here, that my master was with the prophet, is the Hebrew, Hebrew word asaf. It means to be gathered. What are we? We're gathering the 12 tribes that were scattered abroad. Gathered. Now, also, if you skip down to verse 6 and 11, you'll see that the Hebrew word asaf is an exilic term because leprosy and sin always lead to exile, right? If you're in sin, are you exiled from the faith? Do you feel exiled from Yahweh? I know I do. If you stumble and fall in sin, you feel exiled because that's what sin and leprosy does. And the only way to return, how do you return from sin? You have to visit who? You have to visit the man of Yahweh to be cleansed of your leprosy and sin. That's a metaphor for the man, Metatron, Yahusha. You have to visit Yahusha to be cleansed. You have to have knowledge of the Messiah, or in this case, the prophet. Or in our case, we have to have the prophetic brings knowledge of Yahweh. That's spoken about in... Um, Paul spoke about that to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. I'll continue on. For he would heal him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his master, saying, This is what the maid said that is in the land of Israel, that the king of Aram said, Go enter, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So the woman behind the man, so she's a picture of the role of Joseph, right? Because she's a slave, captured as plunder, sold to a high-ranking officer of a king in exile. So this is really a picture of the house of Joseph in exile. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. What does that mean? Well, think about it. Deliverance from leprosy context can't be bought the price has already been paid for can you buy your redemption oh it's already been paid for that's why we just celebrated passover but it is a gift that is available to all 
But deliverance from leprosy cannot be bought. The price has already been paid for. Now, verse 6. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter has come to you, see, I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Verse 7. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I Elohim to kill and to make alive that this man does send to me to heal a man of this leprosy? Therefore consider, I ask you, and see how he seeks to start a quarrel with me. And it was so. When Elisha, the man of Elohim, had heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes and that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now, think about this. Elijah, Eliyahu, and Elisha were the prophets to the ten northern tribes predominantly. So when the spirit of Elijah comes upon the last generation, Malachi tells us, then what happens to them? What happens when the spirit of Elijah comes upon you and me? We are to return from our westward migration to Mystery Babylon's demise, and we're to return east back to the Torah because we've encountered the man of Yahuwah who can heal our leprosy, a metaphor for Mashiach. I'm laying it down here. I'm hoping you're tracking with me because the last generation will return to Torah because they're here the prophetic message of the return which was spoken through the spirit of Elijah. Malachi the prophet speaks about this. It's a prophetic mantle. That's to a group that are scattered in the nations. Verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Well, hang on a minute. He doesn't want to do it. He's saying, I said, well, our rivers are way better than the Jordan. And those of you that have been to Israel, I, I, mean, I, I mean, we went to the Jordan. I'm like, what? There's trash everywhere. I got baptized in the Sea of Galilee, much cleaner. But, so I understand. He's like, we've got way better rivers than they do over there, for goodness sake. And why seven times? Seven is significant. Of course, we know that. If you recall, back in the Torah, Balaam's request for how many altars? How many altars did Balaam request be built? Seven. Seven altars for seven rams, for seven bulls. Also, the seven priests with seven ram's horns who marched around Jericho seven times on the seventh day. In Leviticus, seven days of quarantine are followed by seven sprinklings of holy ingredients. Seven means after an allotted time, after a time of completion. I believe that we are in the time of seven in our exile. 
I believe as the time of our exile ends, the nations will be compelled to live as lepers. And those of us that follow Yahweh because we have been compelled to follow the Messiah and have been cleansed of our leprosy, we have been compelled to follow the Torah, a different set of laws from a higher king than the kings of this earth. And therefore, there is a dichotomy and a split in the world. It is a chasm because mystery Babylon will demise in one day and the kingdom shall be brought down right there with manifestation to the nations in a twinkling of an eye. Because what we see is seven means after an allotted time, after a time of completion, after allotted time, after a time of completion, there will be a asaf, a with, if you will, a gathering, a gathering, a healing of those that were sinners and lepers, and a restoration of a body that was in exile. Is anyone getting what I'm saying here? Well, just turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 4 and we'll just style it and spell it out for you. Ezekiel chapter 4 tells us prophetically when this will happen. This will be a sign for the house of Israel. Lie on your left side and lay the leprosy of the house of Israel upon it. 390 days. I have laid upon you a day for each year of the exile. I mean, he literally is being spelled out for us right here. Now, are we dealing with Naaman? Are we dealing with Assyria? Are we dealing with exile? Are we dealing with restoration? Are we dealing with the cleansing of the leper? We certainly are. We're dealing with prophecy, brethren. This is talking about the times of when we were taken captive as the ten northern tribes into Assyria. That happened in 721 before the Common Era. The ten northern tribes were taken captive into Assyria in 721 before the Common Era. 390 years times seven plus... According to the Torah, you have seven times the punishment in Leviticus chapter 26 equals 2,730 years of captivity, which ended in 2010 of the common era. It has now been 12 years of full accounting since the time of our captivity ended. Yahushua sat at the Passover and he said, how many disciples? And when he went out, he appointed 12. The appointment of 12 has been fulfilled since the release of our captivity in 2010. Our exile has finished. We are now on the return back to the millennium, back to Eden. This is all happening right now in this world if you have eyes to see. There are lepers 
going into quarantine and then there are the captive tribes coming out of Babylon into the kingdom. That's what you are witnessing in the world and it is no coincidence that for the past two years they've been saying, cover your lip, cover your lip, quarantine, isolate, quarantine, because it's all part of the big, don't look up, there's a meteor coming. Oh, for crying out loud. Don't look up. No, it's Yahusha that's coming and they don't want you to look up. And you won't because you'll be so social programmed into your quarantine, covering your upper lip and your paranoia because you are a bunch of heathen lepers. Good luck to you. You're going to need it because Mystery Babylon will drink your blood. Oh, she already did, right? I think you have something programmed floating around in your blood. Absolute idiots. They fell for the compelled performance of Mystery Babylon. They literally drank Satan's Kool-Aid. Because they are lawless, godless, heathen. They are lepers. And an unhealed leper gets his just reward. I have laid upon you, Ezekiel 4, a day for each year of exile. Do the math. 721 of the common era, 390 years times 7, times 7 times the punishment, in Leviticus chapter 26, equals 2,730 years of captivity. Our captivity then ended in 210 of the common era. Now we've had the falling gathering of the 12, brought us to 2022. This is the day that our exile ends. And like Naaman in verse 18, our gathering and return is a process, and we ask Yahuwah, to pardon us for being mixed up in idolatrous practices. Seven times the punishment is mentioned four times in Leviticus 26. If you do not obey me is mentioned four times in reference to seven times the punishment. Seven times four is 28, and that is how many Golden pipes there were that were in the showbread, which represents the full enlightened body of man that has full flowing energy to connect with the Creator. But Mystery Babylon is blocking those tubes by pumping something else through the pipes of your body system that they compelled you to perform to Mystery Babylon's mandates of covering the lip and all the consequences of it. And everybody compelled and said, oh yes, I'm a leper. That's right. I'm a leper. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm a leper. I'll do whatever lepers should do. You would never have thought it, would you, three years ago. And now... The ramifications of it are everywhere. Absolute brainwashing. Fear. Fear. Heightened state of fear and control. But the good news, brethren, is you didn't fall for it. <laughs> Neither did I. In fact, 
it just invigorated my faith even more. And now I see the whole body coming together as a body in the Torah. The Ruach HaKodesh, the fivefold ministry. We see a restored body in healing and emotion. Look at verse 11. But Naaman, back in our our half Torah, but Naaman was angry and he went away and said, See, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahuwah, his Elohim, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Avanar and Farfar rivers in Damascus better than all the water in Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, now if the prophet had told you to do some great matter, would you not have done it? How much rather then when he says to you, Go, wash, and be clean? Then he went down, and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan River, according to the saying of the man of Elohim. And his flesh was fully restored, like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of Elohim with all of his company and came and stood before him and he said, See, now I know that there is no Elohim in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I beg you, take a blessing from your servant. But he said, As Yahweh lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I beg you, be given to your servant two mule loads of earth? For your servant will from now on offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifices to any other Elohim, but to Yahuwah. In this thing, Yahuwah, pardon your servant, that when my master the king goes out, of the house of Rimon to worship there. And he leans on my hand and I bow myself in the house of Rimon. When I bow my down, myself down to the house of Rimon, let Yahuwah pardon your servant for this thing. As he has said, go in shalom. So he departed with him a little distance. Talk about Yahuwah's long suffering and mercy. But Yahuwah is calling us to come out of the nations. Not to be compelled to perform to the nations, but to follow Yahweh and be compelled to perform to the Torah under the prophet of Elijah and the return of the prophecy of Malachi chapter 4. Now, the Apostle Paul, in conclusion, he knew this week's Torah portion intimately. Torah, he knew it. He knew the half Torah portion. The middle chapters of Romans, in fact, are dedicated to being healed of leprosy, of sin. Tazarat, leprosy, the Hebrew word for sin, is chatah. It is written, dead to sin, alive to Yahuwah. Shall we continue to sin, break Torah, so grace may abound? Certainly not. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. For you are, control, you are not controlled by legalism, but under grace. What then shall we break, Torah, because we're not under legalism? We're not under the book of law? Certainly not. 
Don't you know that to him who you yield yourselves slaves to obey, his slaves you become, whether to sin and death or Torah obedience and righteousness? The Apostle Paul is compelling us to perform to the book of covenant Torah. He's not asking us to perform to papal Rome. He's not asking us to perform to Levitical hierarchy. He's compelling us to perform to the book of the covenant. And when we do that, we are truly, truly migrating back eastward to Jerusalem. You see, leprosy puts you in the realm of the walking dead. But the cleansed leper, like me, once the walking dead, is born again. Right? And when you look out of these people, walking along, covering the lip, are they the walking dead? Or oh, they're the walking dead more than they even know it at this time. Because there's something running around, programming their DNA. And they will have to cover their upper lip with a death shroud. We are living in phenomenal, phenomenal times. And when they say to you, don't look up, you look up for your redemption draws nigh. Let them be compelled to perform to Mystery Babylon. But you and I shall look up and see our redemption draws nigh. In Numbers chapter 12 verse 9 in conclusion, the anger of Yahweh was lit against them and he departed and a cloud departed from the tabernacle and see, Miriam became a leper, as leprous as white as snow and Aaron looked upon Miriam and see, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moshe, Oh, my master, I beg you, lay not the sin upon us in which we have done foolishly, in which we have sinned. Let, not, let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. And Moshe cried to Yahweh, saying, Heal her now, O Elohim. And you wonder why in John chapter 3 verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said to him, Well, how can these things be so? And Yahushua answered and said to him, Are you not a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? I mean, this has been spoken about. You saw it, did you not, in the half tower with Naaman the leper? You saw it with Miriam and Moshe. You saw it in Torah portion Tazria. You taught these portions. How could you not know? The purification of the leper is also used as a metaphor for prayer to indicate that we are going through an inner cleansing ritual. And when we pray, we are cleansing our innards. In Psalm 51, verse 9, Have mercy upon me, O Yahuwah, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. O blot out my leprosy, my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. 
This is the leprosy healing procedure. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. See, I was shaped in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. This is reflecting upon the question that was posed with Miriam's leprosy because we're talking about the healing of sin. See, your desire truth in my inward parts and in the inward parts you shall make me know wisdom. Oh, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me shamar. Let me be full of joy and rejoicing. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O Yahuwah, and renew a right ruach within me. Cast me not away from your glory. From your glory cast me not. And take not your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, from me. Restore me to joy and the joy of your Yahushua, your salvation. And uphold me with your free Ruach. Is that just powerful stuff? That's our prayer. Torah truly does teach us about the Torah of sin and death. And how to stay in the realms of life. The Apostle Paul taught Torah. He never taught against the Torah. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, he says, You are free from the anti-Torah law of sin and death. For what the book of the law could not do, because it was powerless regarding man's weak flesh, Yahweh sending his own son in the likeness, representation, resemblance, a figure of that same sinful flesh for sin, condemn man's sinful flesh by means of his own flesh, that the righteousness of the Torah might be fulfilled in us. How about that? When is that taught? Did you realize, churchmen, that the righteousness of the Torah is to be fulfilled in you? They'd be like, oh, we, we don't do that anymore. No, we do. We do. We who have our walk not after the flesh, but after the Ruach. For they are after the flesh. They do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Those that were so worried about their earthly body because they were so carnally minded, because they weren't spiritual at all, they were compelled to perform to Mystery Babylon, that they actually went along with Satan's Kool-Aid, because they were, oh, I could die. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I better go do this then. Oh, yes, yes, because this could save my life. Because they were so afraid. Because that is what the Scripture records that the heathen shall do and perish. 
For to be carnally minded is death. There it is. 83% death. That's a lot of death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against Yahuwah because it will not subject itself to the commandments of Yahuwah. Neither indeed can it be because it will subject itself to the commandments of Mystery Babylon, the mandates of Mystery Babylon, and the mandates of man, because they're afraid of the face of men, because they will not bow themselves before the living Elohim. Neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh, they cannot please Yahweh, especially when they become humanity 2.0. Oh, my goodness, this is a big deal, this Torah Pasha. Conceived as seed and birth by man, or by man, then Yahuwah, the second conception and the birth. Which do you choose? You see, the ritual is the defilement of Tazarat, sin, is transferred from one bird to another, which is allowed to fly away, carrying the defilement with it. The whole intent of this ritual of the cleansing of the leper is to point us ahead to Parshas, to the scapegoat and Yahusha himself. Because sin, bear with me, is transferred from man to Yahusha who takes our defilement, sin, onto himself, then flies away, raises up to the heavens, and then deposits his blood on the Yom Kippur altar, completing the whole ritual of purification. And when Yahusha went and the lepers touched him, He became a leper. And he was so disfigured by leprosy because he healed the lepers and transferred the leprosy to himself. He was beyond human recognition because the leprosy had disfigured him so much. That is what Isaiah 54 speaks of. Millennia ago, they knew that the Moshiach would come and they would call him the leper scholar because he would take leprosy upon himself, become disfigured for the leper and be marred beyond human recognition. Even the Jews in their Talmud write about the leper scholar that would come because according to the Torah, When you see the ritual, it's a ritual of transference. And that is exactly what happened. Of course, that didn't work for papal Rome, so they cleansed the narrative. But all that to say this, I know that I was a leper, and now I've been cleansed because he took upon my leprosy. There's a lot to think about there, isn't there, brethren? That's some heavy stuff I just laid down on you. Get me, um, see if we've got some people still hanging loose with us on the chat, on the chat. Remember, we are on the count to the Omer, the 50 count. 
counting the Omer, counting the Omer. Give us a good report, those of you that are still with us in the chat. Oh, you're, there's a lot of you still here. Praise be. Praise be. Let's um, put on the right chat here, live chat. All right. If you want me to grab your attention, are we up in the corner there, Moshe? We are. Then um, redline me. And let's see. Hang on a second. Shabbat Shalom, Mickey. I hope you had a blessed Passover. I know you were on the East Coast and uh, the brethren over there had a blessed time. Debbie Hill, Shabbat Shalom. It was wonderful to see you at Passover, my dear. She says, my family and friends are hopelessly leprous and they are proud of it with no indication of ever seeking cleansing by Yahushua's blood. How should I continue to pray for them? Just pray, pray and continue to pray. My sister, Yahuwah is bigger than all of our problems, that's for sure. Giant killer, Shabbat Shalom up there in Snohomish County. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. John 15, verse 3. I love it. Ah, Teresa Smith, Shabbat Shalom from Pocatello, Idaho. Sorry I'm late. And Shabbat Shalom out there, emissary of Elohim. Like the scapegoat sent back to Azael, back to its source, return to the sender in the wilderness, a symbol of outer darkness. Yes, praise Yahuwah. Oh yes, Diesel Grandpa, Shabbat Shalom, all of you up there in Snohomish and... Uh, what a blessed week you guys had with a new, a new baby, a new baby. And uh, the old Carlos Guzman there, oh, his wife's going to get a break from him for 40 days. Oh, I bet she's just like, oh, thank goodness for that. I'm just having fun with you guys. It's my English sense of humor. It's in the Torah portion. Give me a break. I have a, I have a concession to be allowed to do that. Emissary of Elohim, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, Chris Warnake. Thank you, brother. Powerful post-Pesach, unleavened teaching, back on track. That's what we're trying to be, back on track. Praise Yahuwah. I can't believe my Bachor is 16. Unbelievable. Moshe Ben Matiyahu Nolan, 16 years old. Oh, child of Yahuwah, can you elaborate on the transfer of leprosy to the leper of your leper to Yahusha? That would be a whole teaching in itself. But um, I can quickly give you a little tip. But I should do a teaching on that um, itself. If we turn to Isaiah chapter 55, okay, 54, excuse me. 54, 55, where am I at? It's been a while. Isaiah 53. I'm 
to find it. It's been a long time since I've taught it. Oh, we. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Hebrew word for leprosy, nada, is nada, okay? Now, let me make sure I've got my, trying to find it here, hang on, where am I? Bear with me, brethren, bear with me, flying off, off the cuff here. Isaiah 53, verse 3. Well, look, he has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Why? Because he was stricken with leprosy. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of pains and knowing sicknesses. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Yet we esteemed him stricken, as in stricken with leprosy, smitten, nada, leprosy by Elohim and afflicted. He was wounded pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. This is the whole ceremony of the leper. Like a leper, he suffers painful loneliness and is rejected by the community. He was stricken nagu. The Hebrew word there is nagu, from Numbers chapter 11, verse 33, stricken with a plague. He was shunned by man. He was a man of suffering. He was familiar with disease. Who, As one who hid his face as a leper associated with Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45. Now, in the Septuagint, it says, acquainted in bearing of sickness, for his face is turned from us, referring to Leviticus 13.45. He had to cover the face because his, the sicknesses of leprosy were laid upon him because that's how he, that's the ritual of healing the leper. You can't just read, oh, Yahushua healed lepers. Well, well, then if he healed lepers, then he would have had to have had the leprosy transferred to himself. That's the ceremony. And he would have had to taken the leprosy on himself until he took flight in the resurrection and deposited the blood upon the heavenly altar. That's the two birds and one flies. I'm... Oh, it's a whole teaching in itself which I did many, many years ago, and I'm sure I have notes buried deep somewhere in a binder or a notebook. If you want me to do a teaching on Yahushua actually literally being a leper, then put it up in the chat uh, or in the comments section afterwards. And if there's enough interest, I'll do it. But it will offend a bunch of people, okay? Just letting you know. No, not Diesel Grandpa Magoo. <laughs> Magoo. <laughs> oh. mm -mm -mm -mm. All right. 
Roger Bates, Shabbat Shalom, Roger. Blessings to the tribe from Roger and Bonnie in Nampa, Idaho. We love your teaching as always. Well, thank you for being so merciful to my, my, me. I do get carried away sometimes. I must say, I must say. But it's good to be back. Oh, Crystal Rosa, yes, offensive teaching, please. Yes, if you want me to do a teaching on Yahushua literally being a leper, then um, let me know, but it will offend every sense of your papal Roman Christianity. Okay? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I think I was boycotted once upon a time for doing such a teaching. It was, uh, yeah, I got hammered doing that once. All right, I think we're finishing up here. We are on the count. We are on the count to the Omer. We are on the count to Shavuot. Go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and come to the Feast of Shavuot here in Oregon. If not, then connect with brethren on Shabbat Fellowship and find a Shavuot connection group, feast group near you. And remember, plan for Sukkot. It will be sprung upon us before you know it. Yahuwah bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom. Blessings unto you all. Enjoy life. It is short and we never know how long we have. But just rejoice do not worry about what this world is doing. They're a bunch of lepers. If you know Yahushua, you have been healed. You are to be compelled to keep the commandments and compelled to follow Yahushua. Let the rest of those lepers cover the lip and follow all of their gods of the world. Don't worry about them. You be you, I'll be me, and I'll see you, Yahweh willing, in the kingdom when we pray that we hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yahweh's blessings upon you. Shabbat Shalom.